0: We know about challenges. We know about the earthquakes and the famines and the destructions. We see it in the chaos of fires in California. The sadness and the incredible inhuman experiences happening in Syria. We have seen it again, the sting of violence in a school in California and a shooting at a football game in New Jersey. We see it with the craziness happening in the capital with impeachment hearings. We saw it with an unprecedented fight on an NFL field on Thursday night. We see it with the questionable direction that is going on with our own church. We see it with the incredible violence that we just don't seem to be able to curb in the city that we love. Yeah, we can go on with the list, but I hope as well that we can talk about hope.
1: From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Yes, there are struggles in your life, and you can choose to focus on those hardships and stop there. But what happens when you keep going and look for the joy, new life, and possibilities? Kindness, forgiveness, love, faith, courage, the list of hope can go on and on too. So what is something that is giving you hope right now? Who do you find to be a good example of a hopeful person? How can you provide hope for someone in your life today? In this episode, Father Hurley reminds us we are a people of hope and are called to be hope for one another.
0: I really love these nice, gentle gospel texts at this uh, time of the year, such easy material. Um, I had a uh, funeral here yesterday uh, morning uh, for a gentleman that um, I never met before and uh, his name was Enrique, he was a doctor. And uh, Enrique was advanced in years, he he wasn't really old, but he was advanced in years and sadly he had a lot of complicated health challenges um, throughout these past many years. Um, He came here, uh, the reason we had the funeral, uh, again he was not really a a member of St. Pat's, uh, didn't really come here, but his daughter and son-in-law and their five children are, are A family in our school, uh, Francis Xavier Ward School. So Jennifer contacted me as her father was nearing death and asked if we could do the funeral here. And I said, of course. And um, so, in preparation for the funeral, I sat down with her and I wanted to learn a little bit more about her dad. So she came in during the week and we sat down and um, she was telling me about her wonderful dad. And he was the uh, the oldest of ten children. Um, he was kind of the leader of the leader of the pack, if you will, for his siblings. Uh, born in the Philippines, he was of Filipino and Spanish descent. Um, he was a doctor; he was a radiologist, and actually uh, was down worked in uh, Olney, Illinois, and uh, was actually the radiologist for kind of a big geographic area because he would go to many hospitals down in southern Illinois because they didn't have a resident radiologist. Um, when I asked her if we were going to take out a canvas and paint a picture of your dad using words, uh, what would you use? And the very first thing out of her mouth was kindness. He just embodied kindness. He was a peaceful man. He wasn't a guy that was big into his title. He was, he was, he was just into everybody. And it didn't matter if you were a doctor or a nurse, a janitor or whatever. It didn't matter. He was just, he treated everyone equally and was just, just the embodiment of kindness, as she said. I said, that's wonderful stuff. Then she said, "Uh, Father, would you mind, one of my dad's sisters, Aunt Margarita, uh, was very close to my dad. Do you mind if we pull her up on the phone? I said, yeah, call her up. So she called Aunt Margarita, and we put her on speakerphone, and we were sitting over in the mission center, and we started talking to Aunt Margarita. And I said, Margarita, tell me about your brother. And Margarita's a very devout Catholic. And she started telling me things about her brother but she started out really by just talking about his suffering and really the end of his life and what was unique about it is she was talking about his suffering from the perspective of scripture and more from the perspective of uh, Jesus's suffering and she started like with Gethsemane and she said father it was like he was in Gethsemane and his suffering." And he didn't lose his faith. He was with the Lord, and the Lord was with him in the garden. And then she said, you know, my brother walked the walk of the cross and walked to Golgotha. And she talked about him being on the cross. And because he had various complications with kidneys and everything else, he couldn't drink anything. And so, Father, it was like Jesus on the cross when he said, I thirst. And then she went down another road of... um, Of the suffering of Gethsemane and at a certain point Father it was like he got lanced in the side just as Jesus got lanced in the side and then at a certain point um, he like Jesus on the cross said I surrender my spirit and he trusted in the Lord and he died and that's where she left it and oh yeah she talked about his kindness and being a wonderful big brother and all that kind of good stuff But scripturally, that's where she left it. She left it on Calvary. And I thought to myself, well, there's got to be more to it. There is more to it. And so yesterday I thought, I'm going to take advantage of Margarita and I'm going to say, yeah, Margarita, it was Gethsemane and Calvary, but we're here because of Easter. And what about Easter? What about Holy Thursday? What about the fact that he washed feet? And he washed feet of his patients and his family. And he did it because he was a man of service. I said, what about Easter? What about joy? What about hope? I said, also, I said, you know, you talk about that lance in the side. It wasn't, just a, it wasn't just one last act of violence. But when they lanced him in the side, John's Gospel said that water and blood flowed out from him. And scholars have mused that Really what that meant was that it wasn't an act of violence, even though it was. But rather it was John's way of saying this is a new birth because what happens at birth? Water and blood flows out of the womb. And so this was Jesus' way of giving birth to possibility and to hope. Because what does John's gospel say? Nobody takes my life from me. I give it. But I thought to myself, interesting that Aunt Margarita just stopped with the suffering. And I thought, there's more. There's more. Because we're not just about suffering, we're about hope, we're about Easter. Every time we gather here, it's Easter. Whether you know it or not, or whether you believe it or not, it's Easter. That's why tonight these texts can be dark. Because Jesus, through the the lens of Luke, is going to give us... Uh, really some dark, unspeakable things, plagues and insurrections and famines and earthquakes and people being handed over and people whose lives will be lost because of what they believe. How about the first reading that John read from the prophet Malachi? He's going to talk about all these, these, uh, these powerful uh, fires and this powerful torture that will happen. But then Malachi says, but yeah, but... But remember at the end that for those who believe there's the son of justice and his rays will be rays of healing, not destruction. You see, tonight I think the most powerful word that is in the gospel and also in the prophet Malachi is the word but. But. Jesus says but. If you believe and you help each other to believe, we'll persevere. And that, to me, I think, is at the heart of the Gospel text tonight. Luke knows about the destruction of the temple. Remember when Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is written, it's 70, 80. John is almost 90 years after after the birth of Jesus, so if he died at 33, then add on. But they know about what happens to the temple, because the temple is destroyed in 70 A.D., So they know that this edifice that is this this connection to the heavens is gonna come down. It's destructive, it's it almost seems hopeless. But Jesus's temple came down. But Easter, he rises. We come together as an Easter people. We know of a lot of good Fridays in our lives, we know of a lot of challenges. But we're a people of Easter, and we're people that are called to be hope for one another. I thought about it, you know, this, this past week. I've got another funeral coming up, and it's tough. It's a 40-year-old guy. He died two weeks ago today in a car crash in the western suburbs. They, too, were not members of St. Pat's, but through various connections, we're going to do the funeral here. His wife came to see me, and some others came to see me the other day to talk about John. And when they were talking about John, obviously um, they were just filled with so much emotion because of the tragedy of this event, leaving two little kids behind. His sister was late for the meeting, but when his sister came into the room over in the mission center, she joined in the conversation and she really helped the rest of them to hope. And when she came in, she talked about his spirit and she said, Father, I know he died at the age of 40. No one should die at the age of 40, but his heart was so big that his body just couldn't contain it anymore. He was so loving. And she went down a road that really brought so much hope to the room and just talked about his, just his network of friends and what he would do for people and just the way he built people up. And it was just one of the, it went from being so terribly sad, which it is, to this tremendously like, hopeful and peaceful climate in this room. The other day I was, uh, I was with a couple, they're going to get married, but we have to push up the, the wedding. His dad's is not doing well. And I sat down with Arthur and Hannah, and when I sat down with them, again, I was just so privileged, and I know pre is here tonight, but I was so privileged uh, to just sit and to just just marvel at their incredible devotion to each other, their embodiment of love, but also just their devotion to this this dad who's sick, but their faith and why they're doing this and why this is so important. And I just thought, you're filling me with great hope. I was walking down the hall the other day. I went to the kitchen area uh, in our building, our office building, and um, the Trinity Volunteer Corps was there. And Trinity Volunteer was started from some people from St. Pat's, and it's a group of adults who are, Uh, developmentally and physically challenged. And they come every Wednesday to our place. And they help us with small little projects um, like the worship aids. They fold the worship aids. And that's done by the goodness of the Trinity Volunteer Corps. So think of them when you hold that worship aid. But I went in there and they were taking a break. And um, I wasn't there long, but I was there long enough just to soak up their goodness. And these are folks, despite their developmentally and physical challenges, uh, just their kindness. They speak nothing but kindness. They don't talk about each other. They don't swear. They don't talk about negativity in the world. They just bring kindness. And I thought to myself, don't we need more kindness? This brings hope. I had a young man come to see me Wednesday. He wanted to uh, interview me. He's a senior down at Homewood Flossmore High School. And he was in our Jewish Catholic family school, and Jake is doing a project for school on forgiveness and mercy in a public school. And he came to interview me, and uh, he's doing this whole thing, and it was just, it was one of the most inspiring and mature conversations I guess I've had with a senior in high school talking about mercy and forgiveness. I thought, wow, this is so hopeful. We know about challenges, we know about the earthquakes and the famines and the destructions, we see it in the chaos of fires in California, the sadness and the incredible inhuman experiences happening in Syria. We have seen it again, the sting of violence in a school in California and a shooting at a football game in New Jersey. We see it with the craziness happening in the Capitol with impeachment hearings. We saw it with an unprecedented fight on an NFL field on Thursday night. We see it with the questionable direction that is going on with our own church. We see it with the incredible violence that we just don't seem to be able to curb in the city that we love. Yeah, we can go on with the list, But I hope as well that we can talk about hope and talk about Easter hope. You see, we can talk about the forces of evil, but I believe that we're here because of the forces of good. And we are the force of good. And we gather at this table to receive a force, another force of good, whose only desire is to nourish us and to sustain us and strengthen us for when we go back out into the world. There will be challenges, there will be failures. We will screw it up. And people will screw it up for us. And our bodies won't always cooperate. But we gather here tonight because we need to be here. And we should invite others here. Because this is the sanctuary of hope and resurrection. This is a place of Easter. So may we be an Easter people as we go forth with one another back out into the world.
1: Time now for announcements and events. Here's one idea for an easy way to provide hope for someone this week. Donate a hat, set of gloves, or a coat this Sunday, November 24th, as part of the Beth Ketsaros Winter Coat Drive. We'll be accepting donations between 9.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. in the FXW School Cafeteria. We also need help in sorting and delivering the donations before the winter gets too cold. So let us know if you'd like to volunteer your time by emailing elizabethm at oldstpat's.org. Join the Old St. Pat's outreach group in making Christmas merrier for thousands of men, women, and children who benefit from the outreach program supported by Old St. Patrick's. To help out, please take an ornament from the giving tree and include this person on your Christmas shopping list this year. Gift and cash donations are both welcome. And then, join in the fun at our gift wrapping party on Sunday, December 15th from 6 to 8. For all the details about this giving tradition, please visit our website. OSP Next, the young adult group at Old St. Pat's, has a lot of great events this holiday season. We're holding Bible study every Sunday now until December 22nd, right before Mass at 345. Our next book club is on November 25th at the Bookseller, And on December 8th, we'll be hosting a Christmas movie night in Hughes Hall after the 5 p.m. Mass. Join us at 6 p.m. on Sunday the 8th for popcorn, pizza, and holiday cheer. No RSVP needed for any of our events, so invite your friends and come on by. Thank you for listening to the show this week. The homily was originally given at the 5 p.m. Mass on Sunday, November 17, 2019 by Father Tom Hurley. For all the info about the organizations mentioned in today's episode, a full list of our live events and free parking information, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's Chicago and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.